everybody. Can't hear my wheels tonight because they're quiet, freshly oiled. But you can hear lots of wheels in the background because we are recording live. Something like that. Welcome to the Won't Shut Up and Skate podcast about Texas, Texas history, nostalgia, the scene, and a whole lot of other stuff going on. And Carjack, you are exactly right. This is our fourth episode, and holy bangy, we're doing, I said bangy, I don't know what that means, but we're doing something different tonight. Doing something different. Where are we, and why is it so noisy? We are in Central East Austin at Maggie's Vert Ramp, owned, owned by our good friend Isaac. Isaac Martinez uh, lives right off of Airport Boulevard in Austin, Texas, and has a really badass vert ramp in his backyard. And every Wednesday night, they have a standing session. That, that sounded weird. Yeah. It's a, it's skating, a, it's a session, skating session. Rolling. But it's a standing invite on Wednesday nights. Come over, ride the ramp. Right. And uh, he's been keeping that rolling. Maggie's is a tradition. I don't know how many years it's been going, but it's been going for many, many years in some version or another. And then recently, he expanded the ramp another, what was it, 12, 14, 12 feet. 12 feet to get it all the way almost to the other fence. So that is our backdrop for our episode four. We are kind of carjack. We're kind of stacking them up. So we're trying to do several episodes as quick as we can to kind of get some stacked up. Stacking clips, Stacking clips. And the reason for that is, one, we're new at this. Two, as we've said, we have real jobs. And also, I was making the point that we have amazing women in our lives and girlfriends. And they like to spend time with us. And so we have to try to find some other nights to do this. And so tonight, we're like, what's better to go to Isaac's house, a cool vert session. There's like 20 or 20 or so people here. And let's make it the backdrop for our second interview. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and Gavin's got some nice lines going here. And Gavin, which Gavin? Um, we've had all three Gavins here. All this three evening. Gavins were here. Yeah. yeah, there are three Gavins in this Austin town, and they are skating. Uh, oh Gavin, no, there's more than three, but the three uh, well, main ones. True. Gavin uh, Austin uh, left a little while ago. So anyway, as always, we want to give love and shout out for to Jeff Newton for all the things he did for Texas skateboarding. He'll be a big topic of. Uh, conversation and of course influence on our name always to the big boys and their influence for texas skateboarding and for our intro and outro music brett styles our artist extraordinaire who puts together our logos and some of our backdrops and cat palace one of our partners making us some decals got us a banner that we can't hang up anywhere tonight because you want to see the vert ramp and all that good stuff so always thanks to those people for helping us put this show on so, a couple of things before we get into it. By the way, sitting here quietly, like it's their first day in class and the teacher hasn't said anything, we have Kenny and Maggie Harrison. Hello. Hello. Hey, y'all. They're sitting quiet. We're going to give them a little formal introduction here in a minute and tell you why they're important to Texas skateboarding here in episode four. Part of it is that we are in Austin, Texas, and we get to pick people who live in Austin, Texas. Luckily... Some of these people also are from places like Corpus and Houston that we've been talking about early on, Carjack. True that. True that. Carjack's watching the vert, trying to get some stir, some language out of him. So a uh, big apology to myself, to everybody else, for myself, for that last episode three when I tried to correlate our show starting slow and a drink mix. 
I don't know what I was thinking, but I did that. Hey, man, you can't go wrong with Lone Star Beer, though. There you go, Lone Star Beer. Not a sponsor yet. Yet. So there's that, and uh, as we move in, a couple of things from last episode that I just wanted to kind of mention, or things that have happened since last episode. Carjack, we're getting quite the hype. I've heard from Maryland. I've heard from some dudes in Georgia. I've heard from some dudes everywhere. Our uh, IG at this point is just under 600 people, so we're, we're trending, I think. I don't think we're viral anywhere close. Watch out, Taylor Swift. We're coming at you. Yeah, watch out, Taylor Swift. We got to get Travis Kelsey to start following us. Get everyone to follow us. No, uh, we're having a good time. We're glad you're joining us. We're trying to do justice to Texas skateboarding and the history and also kind of splittering in some things that are local and happening in Texas. Um, some things that have happened since then, a couple of mentions, there's been quite a bit of activity carjacked on the, the social interwebs and all that. Uh, Dan McFarland continues to do things. He's out of Houston. He's been, uh, pushing stuff and putting a lot of, uh, footage and videos out online. Danny Hollenbeck yep. out of Dallas, uh, was young buck there in the early days when Phillips and Craig and all those guys is finally stirring back up his shoebox of Jeff Phillips goodies and... I've seen a few. Yeah, he's been talking for quite a while and trying to get some permissions and some rights and that sort of thing to do something well overdue uh, with Jeff Phillips. And so that's very exciting. Uh, our friend Tally here in Austin, Texas, uh, one of Carjack's good buddies. Is Tally the guy that went to California with you? No, that was... Uh, I mean, several times. For the Thrasher thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was Tally and uh, Brian Nelson. Brian back, Nelson. Back in 94. Yeah. Carjack won a thrasher thing. We'll get to that at some point. But yeah. Tally now works for the Bullock Museum. Yes. And we've got a little bit of a green light, hopefully, on putting something together in the next couple of years that also inv involves some Texas history stuff. So there's a lot of good things coming around. I put together a Facebook archives page that is blowing up and lots and lots and lots of things. In fact, our next episode when we talk about kind of tail end of 79 into 80. There's a lot of information that we got from that. So that's some good stuff. Fun things coming up. Bola cones. Bola cones, October 7th. Before that is Stupid Fest. And September 28th, October 1st. Carjack won't be here. And for everybody who's not in Texas or has no idea what Stupid Fest is, it was not created by a Texan, but we're sure glad he put it here, sort of. <laughs> and he wasn't even originally considering doing it here permanently. It just worked out that way because everybody enjoyed it here so much. Right. So that kind of started because we was a group called Never Was on Facebook. And it's a lot of great oldies and fun dudes. And we post a lot of good stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And we do a th an event here that started a few years ago to go skate ditches in North Austin and then ditches in South Austin and then other places. And it's called Stupid Stop Fest. Man. And I think the Yo, name so pretty stupid. much... Speaks for itself. It yeah. Speaks for itself. We have a little video and some other stuff. So that's coming up. I'm not sure if you'll hear this episode by that time. Also, Bola Cones. Bola Cones is coming up. That is October 7th, Brushy Creek Skate Park. There you go. Speed lines in a bowl for time. Bola Cones. That event's been going on for several years. It was originally a Jeff Phillips tribute uh, back at the 69 Bowl, which is an Austin Skate Park of Austin bowl. And uh, then uh, that has kind of uh, revived and relived. We've had another, uh, I don't know, few years worth of bullet cones and several events. So that's upcoming. So we'll always be posting stuff about that. So just a little bit of homework to get there before we kind of move into some of the meat of things. Is Maggie is very anxious to get something uh, 
to say, but she's well, also being very patient. Started. Thanks for listening again, and thanks for joining Thank in you, for the Won't Shut Up Escape podcast. We want to. We're going to stop here and uh, not stop here. We're going to keep going, but we're going to stop in a little while. We're going to give some shout outs to some of the people that are helping the show, some of our buds, bros, and pros, and some of the people giving us love. Once again, if you like what we're doing and you enjoy it. Please send us an email at won'tshutupandskate at gmail.com. And if you want to throw us a few bones, buy us a six-pack, buy us some uh, coffee, buy some uh, time on air, whatever you think, throw us some bones. We've got a Venmo at Won't Shut Up and Skate. So we appreciate that very much. Are we- you going to have a special um, a special sponsorship level for your, your fancy cocktail that you mentioned last week? No, maybe so. So maybe it'll be no Bud's what Bros. I have no idea what those even cost. Bud's Bros. Are those Pros expensive? And I don't know. Are you referring to that drink? Yes. I don't know. It's like some fancy cosmopolitan or something, but uh, it's called a... Cosmopolitan? Cosmopolitan. I don't speak well. It's called a long, slow screw against the wall. Sorry. Sorry, Maggie's mom. That sounds like whatever it costs in money, it probably costs more in um, life experience. It's some fancy. You remember that scene where um, a Tom Cruise is doing the whole bartender thing and spinning? Is that Tom Cruise that does in that? Cocktail? Cocktail. In that movie, it's something that you would buy at a club like that. Probably. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not a place where where if <laughs> if you say, hey, can I have a Lone Star? It takes about five minutes because they got to go get it. Right. Because <laughs> they don't have it. So it gets served right up alongside a Rufi Colada. <laughs> Rufi Colada. Holy cow. Um, yeah, and this so is we'll, the part uh, of the podcast where we come in with the obligatory, sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. You're welcome to turn it off now. Usually that's to. just about my language, but uh, in this case, here we are. Here we are. So, so, so we'll uh, get on our buds, bros, and pros here in a few minutes. Uh, we do want to mention this podcast is also brought to you by Roger Skateboards. Roger. 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 Almost a skateboard company. Almost. almost. Actually, I think They're I cool. may have just committed um, copyright copyright infringement by saying that phrase, so X that. So Seabin's going to show up. 20% skateboarding, 80% weed and cobras. Seabin's going to show up your door with a blue envelope. Well, no, it would be an envelope from Rodney Mullen and almost skateboarding. There you go. All right. So as we get moving into this episode, once again, as I did in episode three, I forgot to start the timer. So I don't know how long we've been going. Six minutes in. Six minutes in. Hope you're uh, having fun. Glad you're enjoying this. Thanks for all the love and the shout outs as we try to trudge through this and figure out new things, doing it live at an outdoor, very nosy skate See, I feel like evening. how far we're into it doesn't matter because this yes. isn't timed runs. This is a jam style format. In Texas, we do prefer the jam style format. Sometimes that jam is still within a time frame, but then you typically allow them a last run because you're not trying to dick anybody who's on the front end when it gets down to a minute or so. If, right. you, if you want to get technical about it. Yes. And somebody's trying to pull a trick. You know? Yeah. You want to see that happen. You want to see that happen. You want to see it go down. So with that out there, folks, skate fans everywhere, we're leading into our second interview and we would like to pleasantly introduce Father and daughter, also kind of pending from our Corpus Christi. We'll talk about that in a second. Kenny Harrison and Maggie Harrison, how are you guys tonight? Hello. Hello. I am fine. I'm doing well. Watching Thanks some for good sitting skateboarding down with us, going down right now. Yeah. There are some great stuff that you guys can hear in the background. And so one of the things that as we've kind of started these episodes in four and last episode uh, that you would have heard, we talked a lot about the late 70s and Corpus Christi and the Gulf Coast cities came up quite a bit. 
And before that, we got to interview Jimmy Gonzalez. Legend. Uh, legend who Kenny Harrison knows very well. And I was kind of texting back with Kenny to kind of refresh my memory and kind of fits very perfect into because between him being what we're calling the next generation down or half a generation down from Jimmy. How old are you now, uh, Mr. Kenny Harrison? 54. 54. Holy shit. I'm older than you That's are. That's right between the, you and I me. I had no freaking idea. Skateboarding since 1976. There you go. And uh, so, wait, that's the same year that Holly Hills opened. Is that what got you into I skateboarding? skateboarding? Well, I feel I like guess, there's a story in here somewhere. I'm surprised there's I a transition. It like it was yesterday. Well, speaking of yesterday, so when you, real quick though, uh, when you texted with me, you kind of mentioned that surfing came second and skateboarding came first, and you were in 70, how old were you in 76, May of 76? Eight years old. Eight years old, and you mentioned living across the street, so give us a little bit, a little better idea of proximity and kind of what caught your eye. Well, I lived on a street called Shannon Street, which... The street behind my house was Holly, yeah. which Weber was the cross street. Everhart, sorry about that. Everhart was the cross street. Across Everhart, about half a mile down, was Holly Hills. Wow. And you, and so that not, was just real close to your house. Yes, and people skated back and forth on Shannon going to Holly Hills. and. So at that point, as one of the things we've talked about, and we'll get into your surfing, it's kind of interesting that you picked up surfing after skateboarding from what you said, because one of the things we talked about is that uh, what it all starts with water and the absence of water and the need to take a toy and evolve it into uh, something that's more than a toy, meaning a skateboard. And right around that time, 76 or 77, forget Cadillac wheels, Jimmy told us going to the store and picking up Cadillac oh, wheels. Oh, no, that was a couple years earlier. Was that earlier? Yeah. So by that time. So um, living across the street, what was your first memory of the knowing about the construction or anything that kind of caught your eye? Well, I didn't know about the construction, but... I remember sitting out on a summer day and watching these kids skate down the street. There was a doctor across the street from my house that had put in a driveway that kind of had a little bump hump on it, you know, and these kids were Levi's, barefoot, no shirt, long hair, and his son skated and surfed, and they were cruising around in his driveway, and I walked out of my front door and was like, Man, that looks like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yep. And they, I would see them every day, you know, and they would be going to Holly Hills and whatnot. And from that point forward, that is pretty much, that was tra tra the trajectory of my life. Right. You know so I mean? when, when Holly Hills, so you think you picked it up as Holly Hills had already opened, like you weren't there on opening day. You don't have any recollection of that. Or well, I think Holly Hills opened in May. May of 76. So, you yeah. know, May, May so it was like a month, maybe a month or two later, you know, the summer of 76. So right. my question would be, did you, um, you saw people riding there. Did you start going over there and like borrowing no, people's skateboards or did you get a skateboard? And then I got a skateboard for my birthday that All year. Right. Got a black knight. Yes. I remember the black knight. Wooden nope. clay wheels. Yep. Rode that till the wheels broke. And then got a free that was on clay on clay wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, you got a free former yeah, yeah, yeah. with there was then a I legit free former. Yeah. Yep. Yellow free former. If y'all are familiar with yep. that. Right. Yeah. Badass. 
Yeah. Just skated around with the neighbors and stuff like that. Sure. You know? What do you remember about Holly Hills at that time? Other than people talking about it, the older kids. I was young, you know? Right, right. Like, you were pretty young. Eight exactly. years old, you know? My mother didn't let me play football, anything that... You know, now Holly of Hills. Of course, it was the seventies. You could right. leave in the morning and come back at dark. Yeah, but, dark. You know, right. Yeah, your feral youth. Exactly. Um, and also, it's Corpus. How much trouble could you possibly get in? Right. Not much. Yeah. Um, uh, you're saying that military kids aren't. Uh, I don't know if you're a military kid. But it's a military no, town. That was facetious. Okay, I did. <laughs> um, facetious. So uh, th there you go. There's my word of the day. Well, it's not necessarily your um, well. Maybe we'll put it to um, Carjack's glossary. Facetious. So, what was that go with compendium? Compendium right. and uh, midnight lumber yard and <laughs> the whole lumber thing. Uh, Liberty Wood. Liberty Wood. <laughs> um, so Holly Hills, the design of that skate park was... You can still see it. It's buried underground. Right? It's not buried underground. It's just covered. It's you just can covered. see the outline? You can still see... Where the it was of Holly Hills. So yeah. there's not another building that they built so, over anything. Oh, wow. I was going to say, because Corpus isn't really known for having a lot of hills. No. Was there that are a, a couple. Right. But, was but we that, can talk about that later. <laughs> talking about the bluff? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I just know every time we talk about Corpus, all other I got to do is that, mention the bluff and people get flat. real defensive. Pretty flat. But yeah, it's yes. pretty flat. So Holly Hills is referring to they built a hill, right? Yeah. Yeah. They just poured concrete. You yeah. know what I mean? So... The basically design of that park, a, that wasn't like a big vert bowl or anything, was it? It was, it was basically an evergreen park. Yeah, it was like a real 70s, free you know I mean? form, yes. like craters, like just skating in banked walls you and craters. It. Yeah. Very organic shaped. Yeah, because I think those early ones, nobody really knew what they were doing yet. And I don't think they started trying to emulate empty pools for a couple of years. Yeah. I don't think this started really coming out until about it 78. More, it was more like a downhill kind of slalom, kind of a wave kind of thing where it was yeah, kind of going a from there. It, it was like flow. Yeah. It was a flow yeah. park, you know? Yeah. Everything had a rolled lip. I don't think there was any grinding or any right. no coping. edges. Right. No coping no. wasn't there yet. Um, so I feel like that would have kind of affected the the culture of what the scene was like there because people aren't trying inverts and errors because those didn't those weren't invented it, yeah, yet. They yeah, didn't, yeah 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 so i think bauer has posted some video of it also probably so, sure like yeah. a long time ago yeah, yeah. like and again, opening day or second day yeah, or something Bauer's like that you six know. years older than you something like yeah, that he's around yeah. 60 or so so again that next the, the older brothers the bigger kids those are the guys that would talk about it yep neighborhood Big brothers, you know. Right, right. We got a fiberplex from one, not a fiberplex, a warp tail. The warp tail. Yeah, yeah. That we would all switch off. You know what I mean? But, but they would come back and regal us with tales of Holly Hills. You know what I mean? And you'd That's be like, pretty awesome. Oh my God, yes, that'd be just so cool. You know. Of course, we were skating sidewalks and jumping off curbs. And what I was uh, thinking about is we would go and we would skate curbs, but they were rounded curbs. And we would name them like, oh, we're, this is Mexico. And we would surf the curb, you know what I mean? And we would act <laughs> like we were surfing the curb. Like, this is Mexico. This is Hawaii curb because it's a little bit bigger, you know. And things like that go up and we were grinding because right. we would go up and grind the raw edge of the curb, you know what I mean? But I was definitely surfing on a skateboard. Okay, well, that's, that's great because... And do you remember, but you said it's right around the corner. You do remember any time of skating it or not? You don't remember that, but you remember moving I didn't ever get to skate it. I was, okay. I, and we, I knew we, my parents had a friend that lived right across the street that we would go there every Saturday, Sunday, you know, and 
we would see it, but you were still still pretty small at that point. Yeah, you know, I, was, I it was, wasn't allowed to go places by myself. You know? And it was gone by child two, of the seventies, three right. years. Let's see, I went, I don't know what year. It was definitely lasted a couple years. Eighty eighty one, I mean? right? So, so at that point, that feeling of skating but not being able to hit Holly Hills. Where did the surfboard part come in? For me, yes. Well, I wanted to surf before I skated because I had watched Wide World of Sports. You right. know what I mean? And seeing there was a contest at Sunset Beach or something. And I had a, I don't know if y'all remember, they used to give out these big sticker packs. You could buy them of ABC Sports stickers. You yeah. Know? yeah. And there yeah. was one of Kenny Bradshaw, who was from Texas. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, mean? I had a Houston. poster signed from him oh, that I got signed. Going down this big mountain of water, you know, at sunset. And I had that stuck to my door that I would just stare at for hours and hours and hours. So I always wanted to be a surfer, you know what I mean? How long was it until you realized you would never see a wave anywhere close to that size in Corpus Christi? Yeah. <laughs> well, I surf some pretty big waves in Corpus Not anywhere near the During size of hurricane Beach, season, but, maybe. You know, <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that's where it started, you know what I mean? And we yeah. didn't get to the beach that much, hence the skateboard, you know, hence why I skated before I surfed because my parents, we went to the beach, but... Surfing was not high on their priority list of getting me aboard or anything. Right. right. So, were they military or they just corpus no, born no. and bred? My dad was an oil guy. Oil guy. Okay, know. which makes sense because of all the refineries down yep. in that part of Texas yep. and yep. all that good stuff. So they were just regular lower middle class. So surfing, folks. you're eight, eight, 10, 12, 12, 13, 12, 13, 14. Well, when I started around. surfing, I was 10 because my mom, for my birthday, and there's another one I remember like yesterday, I had three friends and she took us to the beach and rented us all boards. And nice. Then I stood up on a wave. That, that was truly where it was like, okay, now I can waste my life away doing this for the rest of my life. Yep. Yeah. And we talk a lot about the, uh, when it's ankle snappers or there's no waves, is that what kept you on a skateboard? Or do you remember kind of, were you in and out? Do you remember just, you had to keep that motion one way or another? Well, uh, so I started skating in 76 for, I guess the first four years, five years, you know, it was just like, we just would do it as a, just piddle around, you know what I mean? We, it was the that, yeah. neighborhood kids, you know what I mean? And, some of us would do it by ourselves a little bit, you know, we had a core group that would do it and we had a bonsai board. Somebody gave us, we all got hand-me-down boards, you know, bonsai, we got a wartel, then started surfing, but I was still young, so I couldn't get to the beach. And then uh, I had another friend named Philip Harvey, who I started hanging out with in about sixth grade and his big brother gave us an old gullwing board. Nice. It was yeah. a proper gullwing logo on the bottom. I don't, I've never seen another picture of one, but anyway, right. I had going, going board. And so we started skating that and then we built a ramp, you know, soon after that. And then we started skating. And so we didn't really have any way to the beach. And so till his brother turned 16, then we'd start going to the beach every once in a while. But we were skating all the time. You know, he was my preacher's son and we would hang out every day pretty much you know well so you're talking 15 16 so just yeah about 13 about 13, 12 13, okay, 13 is when we started skating a bunch you know and started building ramps quarter pipes in his driveway and then then so then so, donegal ramp okay was when i was about no, i was about 12 or 13 and it was on a main thoroughfare on so this is like 1980 81 81 yeah, yeah 80 81 before the spring series contest yeah. at cecil but that kind of goes in with okay. it was a, right around there you yeah. know what i mean but we didn't weren't hanging out with them yet because okay. they were still 
you know, when you're 12 years old, yeah, and you're seeing, 16 is right. like an eternity away. Yes. Like, I ain't going to get those are the big kids. kids. You know, yeah. we're trying to bum rides from his 16 year old brother. And they were going to Cecil's and Urban, you know, the first iteration of Urban, Jimmy's old ramp, you know what I mean? I can't remember another street over by Carroll High School. Anyway, right. we were building quarter pipe, skating quarter pipe. And then we got the, then Philip's parents, he was the preacher's son. So he started getting boards, hand me down boards. And I got a Madrid thruster. Anyway, we saw Donegal ramp on Everhart. Donegal? I, Donegal. Donegal. Was Chris Sines' ramp. Oh, Chris Sines. I've heard that name. And we would, I would drive by there. It was like, it was, it was, Three blocks from my house, four this blocks from my backyard house. backyard ramp? Yeah. Okay. But it was on a main thoroughfare. So, so every time I would spot, go down yeah. Everhart, I'd go, wow, look at that. There's people skating it. What the hell is that? You know, and I'd never really seen a half pipe at that point. Right. I thought, what the hell is that? So you do that for a year. And then uh, we found a small 80s mini ramp, you know, eight foot wide, yep. four foot tall on one side, nine foot tall on the other. Yep. And called the kicker ramp. And that's when I started skating half pipes. Sweet. That is awesome. Now, do you? So you said that Jimmy and them were a little bit older than you. Yeah. Jimmy told us a freaking rad story and showed us pictures of a quarter pipe up against his garage, and then they built a roll-in off of his garage into the quarter pipe. Do, do you remember that? No, uh, but, but I will you? tell you, Jimmy was a legend already before I started skating because his wife and daughter went to the same church that I did. And Jimmy okay. was like, oh, that damn delinquent, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's still skateboarding. He's like 21 years old right. and he's still skateboarding. So I knew who Jimmy was, you know what I'm saying? I just, That's he didn't come awesome. to church, so I didn't know him proper, you know right, what I mean? Right, right, but right. I knew his family. So do some, uh, some call-outs. Give us some names of some dudes that... You know, that were from the scene back then or that were your buddies? Well, that when I were... skate, yeah. No. The people I skated with were Philip Harvey, Billy Jones. They were my two main people that I skated. Then we started going to Alex's or Bowie Ramp. That was Roger Jones. Y'all know Roger. Yeah, Roger. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was uh, Alex Montez who could have skated any pro contest and have placed. You know what I mean? But... He just did it for fun. There's Eddie Longoria, crazy Eddie Longoria, Mike Guerrero, who lives up here yep. and does a lot of illustration yeah, stuff the, and the plays in bands. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Mike's and, right. Uh, Randy Goff. Then there would be old old guys at the contest. We would throw contests, you know, and then we'd get like uh, Rick Trevino, Brett Anderson, Rick Mingus. Uh, who else can I think of? This old guy named Dean. I can't remember his last name. You're mentioning several names. There's an article that we'll be referring to later that is in our next episode about history stuff, and that is the contest at, I guess it's USA Park in San Antonio. There was 200-plus skaters from all over Texas, and they flew in a bunch of pros uh, Stacy Peralta, Rick Blackheart, Steve Olson, Steve Olson, Steve Alba, Alba, all those guys to judge that contest, and a lot of the several of the names you just mentioned, uh, including also Tim Litzman and a couple other dudes, were were dudes that were placing in those contests early. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy tells the story where they went to go skate that park and didn't know it was a contest. Him and Bauer yeah. showed up because they had heard about the park. Yeah. So they drove up from Corpus to go skate the park, and when they got there contest was happening the only way to get to skate was to enter the contest 
So they entered the contest, yeah, yeah, having yeah. never been there before. I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think that they did any placing, but they got to skate it, which is rad. Uh, Donaldson was in like the six to nine age group. Phillips got third. Gibson got second in like the, the thir- thirteen to, to 7, 15. fifteen age group. And there's a bunch of other names. Tim Litzman, who I think also has. Uh, I'm not sure he has Corpus background but he's one of those guys that was back on the coast and you mentioned brett anderson who i've talked to a couple of times and he's pretty anxious to get on here of course when did you meet him do you remember i don't remember when i met they would all come down they were like older and so you got to remember this was the 80s when you turned 21 most of these people well for everybody you know what i mean you have lifers now we call them lifers right before you know you turn people age out you turn 20 and they have other things to go to college, you get jobs, you know, and then they would just show up every once in a while during contests or they would show up at the ramp every once in a while. And we were 16. So it was life. You know, that's what we wanted to do. We do it every day, all day, yep. skip school, yep. you know, family wedding. Nah, we're going to go skate. You know what I mean? You know, talk about grandma uh, died. Oh, we uh, go to the funeral. <laughs> then I'm going to go skate. You know what I mean? So talk about hot lips. Oh, hot lips! Hot, hot lips, lips was a beautiful thing. Where where was hot that? Lip. Name the name the location. You remember the location? It was, yeah, it was on the intersection of Crosstown, where Crosstown turned into Thirty Seven, and you pull off on the side of the road, and and that was that much like the Pflugerville ditch. You could that park was right a, there next to the ditch. Right Open next, your trunk you up. Pull off on the side of the highway, and I've seen twenty cars there. I've seen two cars there, one car, you know, but it was. It was pretty much a perfect ditch, you know what I mean? It, it was better than any ditch I had seen up here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So remind me, I know as long as a little description of it, do you remember pretty good? Yeah. It was what downhill. Do you want to know about? Yeah, just give me a description. <laughs> it was all downhill. Did it have rolled edges? It pretty much wasn't downhill. It was pretty much on even ground, you know? It had a, it had a roll in and it kind of... Uh, How deep? Like head high? It's about four, four and a half feet deep, you okay. know what I mean? It had a... The walls were at a good angle, not too steep, not they have n- not steep. Did you get enough speed? Had a lip. rollout, had a rollout, rollouts on both sides, but you had coping up there. Yep. And then on one side, how would I say that? Had a mini ditch on one side. Okay, like, a like, easy, like easy seven kind of, where it's got that separate. Yes, okay. exactly. Except except it didn't come down. It was just on the ditch, you know. So right. you'd roll in there, you go down, got a little bit steeper towards the. Uh, what do you call it? Where it goes under the freeway or oh, under the, the culvert yeah, underneath? Yeah. Go. On the other side, there was another ditch that was bowled in, but those walls were a little bit too, well, not too steep, but they were a little bit steep. So Harsher. you couldn't really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. But Hot Lips was, there's pictures of it on the oh, internet, yes. you know, and it, it was a beautiful, beautiful ditch. And we spent many, many an hour. And then there was another ditch across the way, about a mile down called Sun Tide. Then there was another ditch about a half mile down on the other side called in and out that was a big, huge ditch. It went down into a snake run about a half a mile long that twisted in a turn that was really, really fun. So, so about that time... We spent a lot of time in yeah. ditches, you know what so I mean? So about that time, we just kind of cruised into like those early 80s. It sounds like even though 
skateboarding had its second dip or death or whatever you want to call it with the park's gone. It seems like the, the corpus scene, because it was tied into the surfing scene, was still relatively happening, even though maybe I don't want to call it underground. But, I mean, it was certainly if these places were packed and there were several ditches, seems like there was always a session. And MD Skate Shop, right? Yeah. So yeah. there was MD, always something yeah. going on. Or yeah. surf skate. There, there was always skateboarding going on. And at that time, though, there, there was our crew, which was the Southside crew, right? And that crew didn't really surf. The people at Alex's really, we didn't, I didn't really surf at this point. When I was skating vert, you know, we didn't really skate surf, I mean. You had the, the other crew that was... David Salazar, you know, Dick Salad Bar. Right. And he served. <laughs> slightly you know what I mean? slightly John younger, Thomas. right? A couple of years No, they young. were our, he okay. was a little bit older, maybe a year or two older, but we all hung out. But they were in, it was almost like high school based. You know what I mean? You had King High School, which was all that crew. Then you had Carroll High School, which was our crew. Even though Philip and Billy went to, Ray, I mean, King, they came over and skated Alex's ramp every day. So they were, de facto Carroll High School. Everybody else went to Carroll High School. And the King guys were the surfer guys, and we were hardcore, stinky pads, dirty, rough, <laughs> skateboard, always had hippers and blood showing through and everything like this. You know what I mean? But yet you were still surfing, or just starting at that yeah, point. We, yeah, okay. we surfed a little bit, but when we started getting into vert, we pretty much put the surfboards down for a while because we were... We just skated. You got obsessed. We skated exactly. We skated vert, 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 and we would go skate the ditches every once in a while. But we would skate vert. We would skate day at Alex's every day, and then the weekends we'd go skate the white ramp, or we would go out to Cecil's every once in a while. There was another ramp called Urban Ramp, which was had been in two or three different places, you know. Then there was the Mohawk Ramp, which was West Side guys, and we would go and skate. All these, there's Roy's and Flower Bluff. We would wow. go and skate all these places every weekend. It was like a contest every weekend because it was like, they would come to Alex's also, you know what I mean? And it was like, it was like having contests every weekend because you'd be going and it was bragging rights, you know? Wow, yeah, we yeah. fucking kicked those dudes' ass. Yeah, fuck yeah. Do you see Alex's yeah. backside here? Front front side here. You did the eight-foot bus kind of front side here, you know? Well, yeah. you just mentioned like uh, six or eight places. Oh, that And we're yeah, talking, elite. you know, late 70s, 70, 70, 80, 81, 82, maybe yeah, this up was, in that this range. this was so, early, mid-80s, so you know what I mean? 83, 84, again, somewhere around there. Again, Carjack, that continues to prove our point. A thriving scene oh, yeah. in Texas that nobody's really talking about about except for the locals the people that right. know and the people the were there i've talked to but, brett about that i've gone dude we need to we should most definitely do a history of like just the vert scene just the 80s vert scene not right. even the 70s but just the 80s there was so much skateboarding going on there well and we keep insane we, it, it, there were crews that we didn't even know about right them. we keep just show up we're like area, yeah, right? yeah, or yeah. like over the bridge in portland or and there was portland you know what i mean there which was, is just a portland there was not Sinton, oregon there was taft you <laughs> yep. know what i mean there were this this is all like the corpus metro you know what i'm saying right. and there were just there were ramps vert ramps you yeah. know and then we go to south padre and there was a vert ramp from harlington uh -huh. to south padre we skated that, we go and skate that. There was a pool down there that we go and skate that, you know what I mean? We go down there. That was later when I was surfing because we built Nell in probably 85, maybe. 
And no, it was after the first contest, the first shut up and skate at the skate park in Houston at the Kahuna. That was that 85. Was 85. 85. Yeah. We went to the, that contest, skated the Kahuna, and it, and it was like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Oh, pardon my French. Uh, no, you can need, say fuck. It's okay. Sorry. Need, sorry, Mom. Sorry, need, sorry, Mom. We need this, you know, because before that, before Nell, there was a Nell that MD, that Mark Delaney had built, and we had started skating in there a bunch. And but it was kind of janky, you know what I mean? One transition was like ten foot, the other one was like nine and a half. So you're starting to realize it was, we gotta, it was folding yeah. back, you know, we gotta build something good. Yeah, so, you go you go see the kahuna and it's we skated the kahuna right? and it yeah. was like holy yeah. shit. And so we immediately came back and Roger and everybody just this is what's happening. You know, we tore down the old Nell and that went up. You know? Now you're you you've I'm going to take you back just a little bit because you were skipping into 85 seeing yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Spring Series was in Corpus in 81 and 82, I believe, at Cecil's Ramp. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. Um, one of the things... And Cecil's was like a myth mythological place sure. to us because by then Cecil was like, you'd have to call him and he wasn't skating and it was like, can we come skate the ramp? And it'd be, he, sometimes he'd say yes, sometimes he wouldn't answer the phone, sometimes he'd go, get the hell Was it in here, a, a you know? rural? It was in Flower or, Bluff. It was, uh, it was on the bluff. It was in the bluff. Yeah. Big, was he like big yard neighborhoods or was it like no, a regular it, neighborhood? He lived or like in a, a trailer, dude. He lived, <laughs> Do you not know about Flower Bluff, Chip? Right? Dude, well, he lived you know. in a trailer and you'd go and there was a big trailer park and you'd drive down. I can't remember the name of the street and you'd go back and then Crack bike you'd go buy his trailer and then it under this big tree and then it opened up and there are Cecil's right there. I mean, wow. that really doesn't sound that much different from Orange Grove. No, no. It's and, and some of the ramps very like, similar. But uh, so can you talk, do you remember a little bit about that scene or you were still a little bit young at that I point? I wasn't do you skating remember the spring when that series? Got on. I remember going and seeing Jeff Phillips skate there with a friend okay. of mine named Andy Anderson, but he was just, he used to, I guess he would go down and I skated with him four or five times at Cecil's and at other places but I went before I was skating Bird and saw him with a friend of mine named Andy Anderson and his dad. And his dad. This is, to be clear, not the Powell Pro. No. Andy yeah, Anderson. No. Yeah, this not uh, 20 very, years later. No, right. Andy Anderson. But, but Andy with, skated also, but Andy was a, little, a couple years younger than us. He was one of those that we, yeah, I won't get into it. <laughs> but. But we went out and saw Jeff skate, and he was by himself. He skated, was skating by himself, and I remember taking his Andy's dad taking pictures of him. You know what I mean? Do you remember Neil being there? Because they talk Blender? about Neil coming to yeah. Cecil's ramp and skating. I do it. not remember ever seeing Neil. I would have like died you and go gone to, to heaven spring? if I would have ever seen yeah. Neil Blender skate. Do you think you went to the Spring Series, one of the contests at? 81 or 82? Y'all would know better than I would. Well, if you were there. No, no I, 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 I didn't ever Did go to go? a contest there. Okay, because that was those contests that happened in 81, 82 were the precursor uh, to Shut Up and Skate. I'm not sure if they did an 83 and 84 Spring Series, but there was definitely... It might have been 82, 83. Damn, Carrie, we need to get her. Yeah, it was straight. early because it yeah. was before. Hence why I said it was mythological because yeah. everybody knew that pros had been there. You know, it was what I mean? definitely 81, 82. We just and don't it was know one of the first programs everywhere, from what I understand. Well, you that's know, the Cecil's stories was is like that, yeah, early, early 
proper flat vert ramp you which know again I mean? is is again part of the thing that we've been talking if had you, a channel you know <laughs> it was like, if you guys oh have been God. listening to the episodes yeah. that's one of our arguments is that again corpus is the reason for a lot of things in the coast now we'll get to houston and galveston and of course all the other san antonio dallas everywhere else but really that coastal area in that general coastline vicinity we think is really where a lot of the birth of texas's history kind of really spurred from there and so that's kind of cool to hear stuff. I appreciate it. Appreciate the recognition. <laughs> well, and I, we were asking about Neil because Jimmy was telling us that uh, Neil, maybe he came for the spring series the first time, whatever it was that brought him there. He discovered Cecil's and he just liked the scene there. And he liked the fact that there was a really good ramp. And, you know, the scene of skateboarding around that time, 1981, it was so dead and the parks were just getting torn down so quickly left and right all, all over the country that it was worth it to go from San Diego to Corpus Christi if there was a good ramp I there. remember the old Thrasher that was like yeah. that. They were just go so to Jimmy wherever said that there Neil was a ramp. Neil would come man. to town every once in a while just because he liked Corpus. Well, and he was hanging out with Phillips right. and Wilkes, right. and he was friends with those dudes. And at that, that point, Dan Wilkes would come down there, you right. know what I mean? At, the, at that point, that may have been the best vert ramp in Texas because the Kahuna wasn't there yet. And well, yeah, no, I don't think the Kahuna wasn't there, there, there was a the little, blue there ramp was, was probably just no. getting started. Pasadena might have been there. Maybe. We'll, we'll have to get the Pasadena right. guys, Todd Prince and and, right. and uh, Gene Hare and thing. all those Back cats. Then, you Troy. would drive that far. Yep. For something good to ride. Yeah. Can you only imagine in 1981, like what this ramp would have been considered? People would have been coming from Everywhere. halfway across the country just to come ride something yep. this good. Because it, it just didn't exist. So you went to the skate park in Houston in 85 and you saw that and you came back and just blew your mind. That was a few years after, uh, was it 82 was the Powell video? No, 84. 84. 84, 84, yeah. 84. So, so you yeah, had that video. Pal had just started because I remember watching that thing on loop, you know. And the guys from that Pal video, in that Pal video, were, were at yes. that contest. And we got to skate first... with them, you know what I mean? Right. Which was, if you had the balls to go up to Kahuna for the first couple days, you know, before the contest, you could go and skate with all your heroes. Not, you know what I mean? not even that. Um, and it was... It was, it was, because we didn't really travel a lot either. You know, you, I don't remember going anywhere. We just would hang out in Corpus and we heard about that contest. We went there and when we skated, we skated with all the pros, you know, right. Hawk Blender was there, Lance Mountain, yep. Christmas Soy, Caballero, yep. you know, everybody was everybody there. was there. And being able to skate with them was like, it's such an eye opener. You traveling and then going, holy shit, man! These people are actually real. You well, know? Like at that eighty five, you would have just been like sixteen, right? Yeah, so you're yeah. just I had just, just graduated old to drive. from high school. I just graduated from high school. Right. Man. So you have the freedom. Yep. You go up to Houston to go see this contest. You're blown away by this ramp that's crazier than anything you've seen. And then all your skateboard heroes are there. And there's no. There's no wall. There's no, no barricades. No. It's, I, I mean, remember it's like Neil Blinder drawing a, a little session by the day on the back of my shoulder. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> and so and I wasn't at 85, going, 86 oh, was the first choice. one I went to. And the deal was, you know, you're supposed to wear a white t-shirt to the contest so you can get everybody's autograph. 
And Neil was drawing yeah. pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, if and Hosoi, you that. go and ask him, and he's like, yeah, it's kind of sketchy. <laughs> one of the cool things about that. It, it was that, very cool, man. One of the cool things about that memory is, for example, uh, uh, David Mills from Houston just posted a picture of an early wet day of the skate park, and it shows a picture from the front, and it shows the 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 mini the quarter pipe, the widow maker, the mini ramp, the Kahuna, the Chiquita, and in that contest, in that weekend when the pros were in town at Skate Park of Houston, the cool thing about skating with them is you didn't just skate with them on the Kahuna. I saw Lester doing everything. inverts on the Widowmaker, which is like a six-foot-tall vert ramp. I saw dudes warm it up on every one of those ramps, and that's what I thought was cool because we all know, like you said, the Kahuna is like a ball dropper, man. That's a, that's a hard ramp to ride if you don't have, you know, if you don't know what you're doing. Well, the first contest was cool because then we also went and saw a Sam Haynes show that they that, were all at. That the Cabaret was, Voltaire. And the next which day, later a Fearless Iranians from Hell show yes. that was like, it, it, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, then the next year, they had they went to the skating rink and there's a little yeah, bird ramp wins. in the yeah, skating in the back rink. Of the, and yeah. we skated with everybody there, man. Yeah, it's because it, the it owner... Was, uh, the owner had a daughter who skateboarded and convinced her to build a ramp in the roller rink. Yeah. And that's and how that place got going. That, that, that was a fun ramp. <laughs> that <laughs> event is going to be discussed quite a bit because a lot of people are like, trade wins, a uh, roller rink, et cetera. There was, what you're talking about, was one of the most epic things that I can ever remember oh, yeah. in a roller rink with street props and this, ver and and this ramp. And around in circles. And I remember, I remember Neil and Lance and Dave Duncan and all those dudes doing launches off the the launch ramp and yeah. uh, Blender was doing wallies up on the wall that was between the rink and the carpet area and just rad. That but was right when very street skating had just started too, you know, so that, that yeah. was one of the first places we had ever seen a launch ramp was right at that. Right, and like 20 people would go at the launch ramp at the same time. Yeah. And so if one person bailed, it was just like a dog pile. <laughs> yes, sir. That was a good time. I don't know if this is skipping ahead or if this is going back in time, but one of the things that uh, one of the ways that I got to know you here in Austin was through slalom skateboarding. And that's also how I met Maggie, Maggie. through slalom skateboarding. When did that enter into your life? Did you start that as that's a youngster? All Lou, man. That's so this all is, Lou. you came into this a little bit later in life. That's all. Lou. That was ah. same, same with me. So you didn't start at, Age, no. when, when did you start? Age 10? Age I started a about, uh, I started slalom about seven. Seven? I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She started probably around five, and then we started going to races. Yeah. Man. I think my biggest race, nationals, was when I was eight, and I won that. So it's like the, my first like winning race. I think. You got a little bit of a head start on. Oh, yeah, on yeah. She got lucky. That <laughs> now Lou introduced us to slalom. Oh yeah. I don't. Need, I, I think we saw him at Brushy one time. He's all, "You should come try slalom," like he says to, right, everybody, to everybody that he meets. You know what I mean? And we're like, "Oh, that sounds like fun." So we went and and it is fun. And it's the closest oh, yeah. thing to surfing and skateboarding that I've done. Hence why I like to do it. Yeah. Uh, that is a great transition point for me to stop for a second. I'm going to give a couple of shout outs and then we're going to dig into that because I actually had a note about us meeting and about that whole slalom thing. So Carjack, I think you read my mind, but you know, we are somewhere about 40, almost 50 minutes into this. So I'm going to take a quick break and give some love out for a couple minutes. 
Uh, and that is to some of our people who are supporting the show, and we appreciate that very much. Um, again, if you want to support us and throw us some bones or help us grow or help us get some sticker runs so that we can do some things, we're going to be doing a lot of fun things, some sticker packs and some raffles and stuff in the upcoming. We've got our Bud Sponsor level, and that is our buddies who want to throw us just a little bit of bones for some coffee or something like that. And uh, we've got a few people who have been doing that here lately, so we appreciate Kit Cheney is one of them. Brian from the Never Was crew is one of those. And uh, Tracy Weller, as we mentioned in episode three, we thank you for that. We've got some bro sponsors. That's our bros, the people who are partnering with us, collabing and doing that cross-promoting. And that would be our friends at Cockfight Skateboards. Thank you, Mike Money. Mike Money and the crew. Cherry's Wheels here out of Austin, Texas. Actually, wheels that are made in Texas that are women-owned and women-supported company here in Texas. Cherry's Wheels. Uh, I'm support. I'm sporting a Grackle t-shirt. Grackle is a company out of Longview, Texas, and they've been doing a lot of really cool things. They've got a pretty good scene, and that's another city that you've never heard of and didn't realize had a super good Texas scene. Longview, Texas. It does. Longview. Do you remember that there was a point in the mid-90s when Longview became the new brewing home of Lone Star Beer? Ah, <laughs> I did not know that, but it moved there for a few years. It's uh, it's in Fort Worth these days, but it was in Longview for a while. There you go. Uh, that's some of our bro sponsors and people that are supporting. We're getting contacts from a lot of people here recently and trying to work out some more people coming into the fold. We appreciate all the love we're getting and the ability for us to grow and for us to talk about what you're finding out is not just old skateboarding. We're also mixing in and uh, a little bit of everything that's going on is once again, we're at Maggie's Ramp, Isaac's house here in Austin, Texas. We'd like to be able to talk about the scene all over the place, but we're only here in Austin, so we can only talk about what we know. So that's cool. Hey, some of us know a lot, Chip. They do. I don't. Get at, it, get at us if you want us to give some shout-outs or sponsor us through our Venmo at won'tshutupandskate.com. We appreciate that much. And again, to our sponsoring this episode, our first pro sponsor, that would be Roger Skateboards. Roger Skateboards, 20% skateboarding, 80% weed and cobras. <laughs> Big shout out for that. <sighs> we have to pay our dues, you guys. We're uh, we're figuring out that this podcast thing, you've got to be kind of up to date. You got to give shout outs. You got to give some love. You got to spread it. And we're trying to figure out how to meander through this whole adventure of podcasting. And hopefully, did we're, you see uh, who happens to be passing through right now, Chip? I'm uh, Michelle. Michelle Kitchens. Who is Michelle Kitchens? Go look at the thing we posted. Hi, Michelle Kitchens. She's stealing stickers. Don't tell Joey. No, I hooked her up. <laughs> oh, you hooked her up. I hooked her up. Uh, so uh, as I paused a minute ago and you guys were just getting into the slalom, that was one of the things that I wanted to kind of start talking about. So, Kenny, the reason I know you, because I don't know if we crossed paths in the days, but I was in Corpus Christi quite a few times, a couple of contests and events. Their love ramp, and I had a friend that went to San Marcos that told me I needed to go to then southwest texas yes. you know what i mean which because is where there, were, was. there were some people up there that i needed to meet that skateboarded and i'm quite sure it was you his name was richard kept hi richard yeah yeah and brett anderson and me and all the other guys that part of the team love will be doing an episode on that 
And uh, when I first, when I, uh, not say first, when I kind of first met you again, let's call it, one of the things was a few years ago, you were part of, there was a couple of different sets of skaters in the Austin area. And you were part of, let's call it the OGs, the, the gray hairs. There was quite a few, and it kind of actually That's evolved. The masters the level. The masters level. Masters. And that kind of evolved. There's some some family friends and some other people, but that's kind of where I met you and skating in the ditches. And the one thing that I noticed first off in, in watching you was he's got a surf style. He flows like a surfer. He carves like a surfer. He does Bertelmans and laybacks, and he does these carvy, whippy things like a surfer. And That's so what I, I think, always visualize myself doing exactly. when I'm on a skateboard. <laughs> but your style precedes you in that way. And then as we go a little further, the cones thing, and not only bola cones, um, but the cones and the speed. We're going to talk a little bit more here with Lou and all of that stuff. But I, I always thought that cones were a cool tie-in with skateboarding because it always kept the fact that regardless of everything you can do with the skateboarding, it kept speed, precision, technique. It required equipment evolution, training, and style along with all of that. And it's kind of, I don't want to call it unique in skateboarding, but it does have a lot of those traits that fall into sport when you figure the timing, the speed, the training, the technique, and that sort of thing. When skateboarders are typically, I don't train, I don't fucking do that. But <laughs> you guys time. who ride, you guys who ride slalom, you'll lose your ass if you're not doing those things ahead of time. Oh, so, yep. yeah. lead us back into some of how you kind of found that love for slalom. Well, like I said, Lou introduced us to it, and we just started going out. And when we did, Maggie. Poor Maggie got drag, drug everywhere that I went, which was like usually good, skating. Like you know what I mean? Follow. She got to go to ditches. all the contests whether she liked it or not. Yeah. Yes, ditches, uh, ramps. What was know, that one competition? We they stopped doing it. Man, I can't remember the name. It was down in Austin. It was like a had that ramp, the Thrasher Thrash. Oh, oh. The, the death match. Death match. Death match. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Death I was there for, That's a minute, where she, for a second. That was her shut up and skate, you all know, right. going to death match and That's a meeting good one. all the Texas legends. Oh, yeah. Not to mention all the pros yeah. coming through. That was amazing. I wish I could go back. Not to and mention understand. young, uh, I mean, old skater guy taking young kid through a what we would call a ferocious crowd on average. <laughs> if it was like at right. the scoot, yeah. was this at the scoot in? Yeah, you got or to was actually this, ride this the ramp. At, uh, oh yeah, I can't remember where it was at. It was not downtown. the scoot in the is early it, days. Is it scoot in for a couple of years and then it was at um was uh, somewhere on the east side. Yeah, it was east side. It was it was scoot in for a couple of years. That expanded into the lot next door. Then it went over to where Hotel Vegas is, but the Gypsy Lounge next door. And That's then, where it was maybe by Hotel it, Vegas. Yeah, and then it ended up the last two years. That, that was the last two were years. Over is at Cesar Chavez and uh, Chacon Street. At that place, that it was like a Cajun restaurant. It was a big two story house with a it was huge. Was the one yard. where Phelps died? Was the last. Yeah, year that they was at that one. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask the same question, kind of, but I'm going to ask it to, for two different opinions. And that is, how do you think you got her into skateboarding or loving skateboarding as opposed to rebelling against it? Because it's what you spent your time doing. Or how do you think that she found the passion to kind of follow through in that? Or was it, I mean, because you're, you're not a skater coach dad, so it wasn't that. We, I started skating again up here because I had kind of dropped off when I moved up here 
I had some health problems and stuff. And then Maggie stood up on a xylophone and was trying to push oh, yeah. around on a xylophone one time. <laughs> a xylophone? Like on, I still have it. Yeah, yeah, like one of those little Fisher Price, you know, the kind <laughs> yeah. that has wheels. And she flipped it over and was trying to push on it. And me and her mom were like, oh, that's weird, you know. So I went and got literally like an HEB board, you know, basically an old 70s board with wheels that didn't roll <laughs> and gave her that. And she learned how to stand up on that and push herself across the kitchen. Oh, so yeah. I thought, oh, maybe I'll get her like a little academy $30 board and went and got that. And that literally lasted like a week before so Ty kept graduating us. Yeah. Ty Voluptuous saw and was like, oh, I'm going to make her a real board, you know? So, so you had the fever from the get-go. Oh, yeah. So uh, she started skating, and then um, then she just got drug around everywhere with us, you know what I mean? And it kind of was kind of because I kind of was like, oh, go skateboard, you need to skateboard, you know? Right. But she kind of went and would do her own thing. And then in the last, she started slaloming. Got she was really good at slaloming right off the bat. That had talent for it. And I so was she always the did first that. time I met you. Thank and in the last year or two, she's started liking the vert ramp and like transition and stuff like that. So Maggie, the same question. Hi, Maggie. How are you? We're gonna give you some Hello. time to actually speak. Oh yeah. Maggie, you're you're how old again now? Uh thirteen. Thirteen. And she's almost as tall as me. Oh, that's <laughs> unfortunate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> to give you an idea of Maggie and her personality, she's been so very quiet, is normally at events, yeah, normally at events where I'm announcing or something, she immediately comes over and doesn't ask. She tries to grab the microphone and tries to be that person. So we appreciate your calmness. And as I reverse back to that question, what do you think you saw? You weren't being pushed in skateboarding, so... What do you think led you or how did you fall in love with it or what do you remember? Man, I kind of remember being discovered skateboarding like it was yesterday. I mean, it might not be accurate. I might this might just be a fever dream, but I remember I used to have that Fisher Price uh xylophone with the wheels. And I remember I would always try to figure out which side should I do because it's hard to step on the like xylophone thing. Because it's thing. a xylophone board. It That's so rad. I still I actually still have it Can in the garage. Use it while it rolls, yes, right? I do. I have a photo with it. It Keep does that. roll ish but um <laughs> ish yes uh, i remember my mom peeked into my room once and she was like what are you kenny come here and so <laughs> she was like well i guess we better get her a real board and it was not a real board it was a walmart board it was a plastic plastic wheels plastic board probably plastic bearings if I'm <laughs> at that time at that time it would have been like one of those kryptonic like oh, super no it was bright green board and bright yeah. orange wheels yeah. and i remember in our kitchen we had like our living room then we had our dining table and then we had like these two counters and then in between like there was a divot that went into the kitchen so i would grab onto the counters and i would push myself and then i would kind of like scooch do the little scooch and then we would go to brushy eventually and i would like do the one knee on the board one knee pushing myself and then i finally started standing up on my real boards and i finally started carving and then like i had this big like I'm skating, so I would skate. I learned how to do fakies on the pyramids cut off on the top. Uh, and then I met Lou, started getting to Saul, and we had these blue, like, mini traffic cones that we'd put in our alleyway. And 
it was just like a culmination of like doing all these different types of skateboarding. It's always been an all around thing for me. I've never really had one discipline until I really started getting good at slalom. And yeah, I've been drug, <laughs> I've been dragged around, been taken everywhere. But she was raised by us old guys. Yes, basically. right. I when y'all say my dad was a gray hair, it's gray hairs plus me. Right. It always has been. I don't know anything else. <laughs> I always tell kids at skate parks, listen to them. They know what they're doing. But um. It's been like, it's been a beautiful thing. And like, I had a big break where I was like, I'm good enough to push around in parks. I'm good enough to do a couple tricks, but I don't really do anything. And then I've just recently had my big breakthrough doing stuff. And so I'm really starting to get up on there on my ramp. I have a ramp in my backyard now. Motor mouth <laughs> ramp. Very descriptive of me. As the ramp's name is Motor Mouth? Yes. Oh, I like that. Yes. I it like that. Thank Jason Wren for that. Yes, Jason Wren. <laughs> Sorry. Shout out to Jason Wren for that Papa one. Papa Wren named that one. Oh, Papa Papa Wren. I think that's Papa Wren's first shout out on our show. Hello, Papa Wren. Yes, Papa Wren. We need a more shout out. He's from Indiana, but he got to Texas as soon as he could. So <laughs> we appreciate that. So, oh, yeah. So obviously... Everybody that's listening to this can hear your energy and passion for it. Yeah. And and us here at the table, I mean, Carjack and I, of course, Kenny all the time, but we've got to see <laughs> you grow up from a little kid to like, okay, everybody has to stop skating and let her go on the ramp, and which is fun and cool. We're all nice about it. But yeah. we've seen you grow, and we've seen you try to drop in, and we've seen you fall dropping in, and we've seen you make dropping in, and we've seen you drop in the bowl, and we've seen you try to skate in some of the events and that sort of thing. And then you met Lou. Do you remember the first time you went out and figured out that speed and wiggly boards was a was a thing? I vaguely remember. I more remember the feeling of beginning Solomon. I remember my first competition like it was yesterday. We were doing a small competition named the Texo. It's kind of like our little personal Texas thing. And so we were doing it, and one of the sons of another guy out there, he was like, well, I bet you can't beat me in a race. And I was like, oh, well, I've never <laughs> Typical raced before. Boy. <laughs> and they didn't have a juniors division. He was a couple of years older than me, and they didn't have a juniors division, so they were like, you know what, you two, race it out, right? And he was trash-talking me, and I beat him. First competition ever. Yes! That's yeah. right. So, ever since then, I've grown eight years old, won nationals for juniors, Mile High Hill, and uh, ever since then, it's been like, it's been a lot of just growing and I'm getting to the point to where it's hard to like beat the other boys because they're getting a little bigger. But I've traveled all around. I was going to say, that's taken you kind of all over the place. You yeah. went to Argentina. And Europe. And Europe. And you've boys. been all over this country. That's, yes. So boys that's and girls, impressive. so explain that. So there's not enough women, females in the sport. Is that why that you're, uh, or is it is it based on, it's based on age groups, correct? Uh, it's okay. So when we get into the age groups, there is a separation of women, but we really like to combine the boys and girls because there isn't a lot of junior. But in ISSA, International Skateboard Slalom Association, right? Uh, there is a, you can see combined and separated, but combined I am junior world champion with points. But um, yeah, there isn't a women's pro division because there is not enough women. Um, but they, they separate it, but there's not a lot. We really put it by the together. But in a race, in a race I was recently in, we did have to combine amateurs and juniors into one division because there were so little people. So we're still trying to get that sport back out there right now. Well, I think that's super cool because when you look at 
where modern skateboarding is going, especially on the female side of things, uh, is they have to identify it as male-female because that's the only way they're doing it at this point, is that th it's grown. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. All, most all the females are better than I ever was, <laughs> and, that's, and, and I was okay, but, I mean, it's just grown so much. But when you get to a sport, you know, they talk about, like, basketball and baseball and, mm -hmm. and athletics and, and men and women and all that stuff. But when you get to slalom, I'm not really sure there's a whole lot that you can really separate out because it's oh, yeah, pretty no. much the size of the person and going downhill. Yeah, and there's a lot of gravity to you that. Don't, you don't have, like like in golf, you don't have a ladies tee, right? There's yeah. not like that, right? Everybody skates the same course. It's oh, the yeah. same course. Exact mm -hmm. same course. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere in the future you become the everything champion. I hope, I hope so. It's it's, it's <laughs> hopefully one day. I'm really working on that. Uh, out there in Europe kind of humbled me a little bit, but like if you look at there is a difference between Europe and the United. Right now, oh, the United yes. States is kind of like the '80s vert scene. <laughs> right, it, it was big six years ago. There was huge. It seems like it was huge. Con our races would get lots and lots of people, and now it's kind of got down to the core group in Europe. It is. They never let it go, and it is a much bigger it's beautiful. sport so like than in, it is here. Like in skiing, the Euros can still whip our asses. Yeah, and yeah. they get they get funded by the governments and things like that. In the United States, everything all socialists. Yeah, <laughs> all the funding here is we're funding individually. Right. Yeah. You know, back. You know what I'm saying? And that's so. when I first started trying slalom with you guys. I remember thinking, this is a really good activity to like um kind of age gracefully as a skateboarder like, yes it is um you know and there's a lot of old guys <laughs> right but i remember yeah, thinking I mean? that especially like you you can do slalom anywhere basically. i mean unless you yeah. fall it's low impact yeah. right, for the yep. most part yep. but it's That's also i, I thought it was it. a low barrier to entry you don't have to build a vert ramp in your backyard all yeah. you gotta do is buy some slalom cones then i went online and priced out <laughs> slalom cones <laughs> turns out they're not cheap cheaper oh, than no. a vert ramp <laughs> Not not by much. <laughs> not by much. Yeah, this is true. I used to try to get uh, Seismic to sponsor the Bull of Cones. And that would be a legit sponsor. They're not a sponsor. sponsor yet. I mean, that's a legit, That that's like a Ford-level sponsor. Well, one of the things that I think is cool is, again, you guys at home, let's kind of remind this. I don't think we need to because I think everybody gets the gist of it. This is not a linear podcast. We're not just talking about history Always, we're not going to talk about just the cool skateboarding. We're going to talk a little bit about everything. We're talking about Texas everything, skateboarding. Texas skateboarding. And one of the things that I think is important, as we've talked about, that we're all just starting to get older, except for you, Maggie. Well, you're getting older, but we're all getting older, and we didn't know what to expect as we got older. And now, for a lot of us, it's just as much fun or just important that we don't have our board sitting in the closet. We're rolling, and because you've got something that kill, still keeps the speed and the fun in it in that regard, I think that this slalom is a great thing to talk about because I think it's a natural part of the evolution of us. Is for that sure. it's keeping us rolling, it's having fun, it's hanging out with your buddies. And but for you, especially you, Maggie, you started as a fun thing, and now you've got basically between your dad and probably Lou, you've got kind of two coaches. Oh yeah. That and Lou is mention all the coaches she has around the country. Sure. Now yeah. Lou is world. Lou is ranked, right? Yes. Yeah. We're all ranked. You're all Me, oh wait, Lou, let's talk about that. What Lou is your is ranking, ranked. Kenny? 
Um, I was ranked uh, sixth in amateurs the last time I looked. Maggie's first. Lou Lou races pro, which is a much more competitive, and I think he was ranked 15th, maybe? Okay. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. He's fast. He's fast. No, no. Every event that we do in Austin, one of of the events that you guys did, I don't know if you're going to do it this year, and that's the, uh, the shoot. We're going to do that this year. Explain that to everybody, that what that is. is in Cedar Ridge High School in Round Rock, and there's a long ditch, long, straight, slightly down. Actually, One third of a mile long. It's I long. measured it. Then it dips down even more, and we set up a bank slalom course there. Right, which includes the portable starting ramp portable start, that's like start three ramp. foot tall that talk of making a seven foot Lou, start Lou, ramp this year Lou's gonna adapt the bar yes which stands for big ass ramp yes the bar junior yeah and the, we'll have the, the bar the junior full size bar is a nine foot roll-in ramp for serious slalom events yep. and when you're going down a hill with a seven degree pitch it's yeah pretty terrifying so he's gonna <laughs> he wants to adapt it you know how the starting area at So wait again, let's pause for a second. Once again, it's a seven foot starting ramp. No, no, it's currently a nine, nine foot nine foot starting, starting ramp foot. that's at the very top end of a third of a mile ditch that's got what yes. five foot, six foot walls. Yeah, but something the, like that the point that goes of that downhill. Ditch is at the starting point where the culvert goes under the street. That's about seven feet tall. So he wants to adapt the bar we just to be the, the exact top height of the culvert and where you could come in from the top yeah. from the street, hop over the railing and just roll in. So wow. you can start off at top speed. That that ditch and if you guys Which ever we make were it to- both working to beat what was we were looking at like forty five seconds. Because yeah. you and I were both about that same time. Yeah, we were yeah. trying to beat 45, 45, 45. Well, I think the very fast, like Harley and Lou were Harley like and Lou. top speed, and they were like 43, 42. Yeah. They're in the Nobody low, Nobody could beat 40s. 40 off a seven-foot ramp. You would be able to be We're done. looking for the 39, 38-second time. But already, my slow ass, it's probably 15 or 20 seconds, at least longer than that. Yeah, you were trying it's to beat one fast. Minute. It's oh. fast as shit. Yeah, it's fast. And so seven feet, I don't know what the engineering technology mathematical number is that calculates how much faster that's going to go. It out. But <laughs> I believe that is a technical zone known as fast as fuck, boy. Fast yeah. as fuck. Yeah. So, so what that to is, to give you guys in, in Central Texas, Ludicrous is this speed. contest in late November that they put together, which is basically cones in a ditch at, behind a high school in Round Rock, Texas. Outlaw Between two Truly junkyards outlaw. south of a town called Guadalupe. And then we're also doing the leap year race this year. What is that? Yeah. Oh, well, next year's a leap year. Last last leap year, we had a race at the P-Field in Pflugerville, which is the new high school stadium, which is where we practice. And we'll be doing a race there this year because it's on leap, leap day? year. Uh, no, it's or not on leap whatever day. that weekend yeah, is. Yeah, the weekend, yeah. Nice. Last year, it just worked out that it was on leap yeah. day. Didn't we do 100 cones? Yeah, we do One. a 50. It's called the a hard 100 to where cones? we set up 50 In cones downhill. Line. And you start downhill, go all the way up. And, and you got to work your way back? And go back down. Good Lord. Yeah. It's, Going back up is a For anybody out. who hasn't tried slalom, 25 is a standard yeah, it's solemn race. Um, more than 25. Once you start getting over 30, 35 cones, that's a long course to go down. 50 is nuts. And having to come back up, it is a leg burner. And then, yes. 
at World Skate Games in Argentina, we had a 62, I believe, cone. Oh, my God. Uh, pretty much straight slalom. And that was, let's just say, most people disqualified on that. Yeah, I bet. Including me. Oops. Do you have some, like, mini bikes or something to take you back uphill? <laughs> at the Hopefully. Blackwell Chase's son drug us back up. Right, I remember that. Yeah. So, Toyota, this is a sponsorship opportunity <laughs> for you. <laughs> Please. And, and just going back to Maggie's, one of her first things, I have to do a shout out when she went down Circuit of the Americas. Oh, and yeah. We you got to skate the hill. The we number, got, we got to skate turn the first one? turn, turn so one. I got to skate that during the X Games. Yeah, it yeah. That's a, a big thing. hill. Yeah. Circuit of America is a, a very large F1, course. F1, F1 track. track outside mm -hmm. of Austin. And we went, and uh, Lou got us an opportunity to go and do cones there one time. And Maggie, she was maybe seven. Nah, I think it was after nationals, eight. right? And we go, and we're all Corey Thornhill, who you all know was there. And we were there going, setting up cones, you know, and we're all, man, this hill looks, you know, pretty gnarly, pretty gnarly. And we all turn around and Maggie's bombing down the hill, you know, from the top. Yeah, that's seven no years joke. old. Serious gets speed wobbles yeah. halfway down, and we're like, "Oh my god, she's going!" <laughs> but to did die. she catch it? Did you catch her speed wobbles? Sitting there, yeah. mortified, no, I I you know, it. and she pulled it off. So, that's oh, awesome. yeah. so props to you, child. We had a you know? nasty fall there, though. Yeah, yeah, we had a friend of ours glove his thumb Ooh, there. Yeah, because I the drove the golf cart. Yeah. Now, at your nationals and stuff, you're wearing, you're not wearing leathers, are you? Are you wearing full? Not yet. Those okay. are expensive, but I'm fully full face. I have elbow pads, wrist guards, old bones. Do you have, oh, the old bones? Do you have uh, gloves with any kind of plastic or any shell on it? Not yet. We haven't found gloves my size. Pro design. Pro, Pro design. design. Oh, thank you, Wild Shout Bill. Out to so, Wild Bill. Wild Bill, we miss him so much. You still get to, you still have some Pro designs that yes, you use. Yes, I do. Uh, You're gonna have to keep good care of those. And you, right here. you also nice. recently, you also recently picked up. You got it. Do you have some sponsors? Uh, or you have some flow? You got some flow. So my sponsors right now are obviously Skate Kings, Lacosta Racing, Texas Outlaws. Uh, I had. Toyota donate some for my Argentina trip, but they're not really a sponsor right now. Does Toyota Speeder Park. And then hopefully we're trying to get old bones on board right now. And then is there anything else I'm missing right now? Not that I know of either. Mom and dad with a capital D and M. Until until uh <laughs> until big sponsors. Until cat until cat comes out with a cherry slalom wheel. Cat right. uh, put, put put that in the uh put that in the coffers, cat. I mean, we I know gotta, where she we gotta convince cat to start yeah. trying slalom. She'll get hooked. She'd be good at oh, slalom. Yeah. She'd be freaking good. She'd be killer, dude. She's kinda busy She's right, right now, like her oh, company's kind of blowing up. Yeah, but Hey, He's talking you, to you can me always, before about you it. You can always broaden your horizons. One of the things about this interview, everybody out there, and why we wanted to bring this to light and these people coming in for our second interview was, of course, the tie-in from the Corpus in the early days, and we appreciate you speaking about that. But also, you know, as Carjack so eloquently said, I think, in the episode zero, zero um, everything that happens in Texas... Helps. What was that you said about everything that comes from Texas? Help. Say that again. I can't say it. What did I say? What you said? Saying how everything leads into the that next one. Thing? Yeah, that one. Yeah, everything you do, everything that has come before, led to what we have right now. Right. Everything we're doing right now 
is leading into what's next. Whoever's listening to this, what you're doing matters. Your part. Oh, this is where we talked about the rich tapestry, wasn't it? That was all Your about part that. But of a rich tapestry. tapestry. What I was trying to get to was that all of this and future. Yes, all of this together with. I think it's beautiful to have a. Uh, I don't know how many generations they are apart, being thirteen and fifty-four. Well, it's one but, generation. Well, yes. If you do your daughter, daughter one, one. Well, he was pretty old when he had me, so. Yeah. True. But I think it's really cool. So, hey man, age ain't nothing but a number. Age ain't nothing but a age number. It's a very, very large, depressing <laughs> number. So, Maggie. No, I still love him a little bit. <laughs> so, Maggie, let me ask you this. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. This brings up a good point. Okay. Do you think coming up with all these old guys as as sort of your your mentors, your, your steering your uncles? You, yes. Yes. Do you think that, that honed your. Um, your trash talk game, your heckle game, because she does have a trash talk game. Your your yes. heckle game is beyond your years. It's a little bit excessive sometimes. I have to slow myself down, but I think that it's definitely. Not I'm gonna only, encourage it. <laughs> not only created a huge, uniquely. Uh, oh, oh, sorry for that. A very unique style of skateboarding, but a very unique style of just being. You know, I've grown up around a lot of adults. Never really hung out with kids my age very much. So yes, I think it's not only created a very interesting style for me, well, a very old school style for me, but it's also created a very old school style of thinking and talking. How do you think that that influences your life and that you are hanging around a lot of older folks and in your generation, there's a lot of heckling from the (laughs) youngers to the old people and we're just old fogies and you're going to die soon someday and all that, but you're in a specifically kind of a crew of people that are especially right now talking about nostalgia and they 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 talk about the old days and they talk about keeping it alive and they keep about Mm -hmm. doing that what do you think that does for you growing up and and influencing you to see us and how you're going to approach the future i know that's a lot of words but i think (laughs) you get where i'm going i think it's really inspired me to just get up on that horse because i've known from a young age i think i will be a lifer and i think i will be doing this forever and i think it's influenced a lot of my view on skateboarding i think it's a influence a lot of my keeping going and a lot of my inspiration and like willpower in this sport and it's like really kind of helped create this passion that I have I mean that's already an existing thing but it really helps to see these beautiful skaters that I see all the time and I think like a lot of young skaters right now I mean I don't know for sure but I don't think a lot of them hang around old people like I do as much as I do and I think I have immense respect towards y'all and I think that I aspire to keep skating like y'all do and I feel sorry for her future partner (laughs) (laughs) but that's all super rad that is so super rad and super beautiful thank you well said and if anything that we instill you, and when I say we, especially your father, and being around this scene, is how important it is to take a breath of everything and remember what's going on and remember the times because at some point you're going to be looking back and you're going to appreciate those things. And hopefully you'll appreciate things like this experience and yeah. the experience of going to vert sessions and the experience of all those things that led you to this. For sure. I'm sure that you would have been an outgoing young lady no matter what, but I'd like to think that this skateboarding life has helped 
enhance that beautiful personality and outgoingness that you Thank have. Thank you. It has. It has. I mean, seeing these people who have this amazing, passionate commitment for this amazing sport, um, it's really inspired me to have an outlook on what motivation and commitment is. And it's definitely kept me sticking to a lot of things in my life, not only skateboarding. Well, look at that. Skateboarding saves lives. Kind of. <laughs> a life before that you don't need to save. I don't know. It's good. It's beautiful. It Poetry. is. And I mean, once skateboarding changes you as a person, once you get For that sure. skateboarder's eye and you start seeing the world from that perspective, it affects the way you think about everything in life. It changes you as a person. And I think it changes you for the better. I think it's like, I, I value that. And, Amen. <laughs> you know, I've said forever that skateboarding is so timeless. And I know this is sort of a nostalgia podcast, but part of the point of it to me is that the best time in skateboarding is right now. True exactly. that. It always has been. True yeah. that. 20 years ago, 40 years ago, the best time in skateboarding was right now. Right. It didn't matter. Right then, 1976, that was the best time. In 1981, that was I'm right now is the best time. I'm still having just as much fun now yes. as I did back. As long as there's wheels on wood. Exactly. And I think it's always going to be that way. It's, it's such a vital activity. It keeps you young mentally. It keeps you young physically. Well, it kind of ages you physically. It beats the hell out of you. But you know what I mean? That's the special thing that we have here. And I think it has its own niche of being in Texas makes it its own special thing inside of the special world of skateboarding. We've got our own little thing here. That's kind of what we're celebrating. Mm -hmm. But I love seeing this. You, you can see the line through history of how we're trying to lay out how our recollections and everybody else trying to put together how we saw skateboarding evolve in Texas. And we see it coming with two generations right here. And you can see it's timeless. It's never going to go away. It's of never going to go away. And I think as uh, was it Whitney Houston who said the children are the future? The children are the future. I think I hate wow. you. So, I love you, but I hate you so much. <laughs> so you can, uh, so you can catch uh, Maggie at Mija Skates. What's your Mijita. Mijita. Spell Mijita. out your IG. All right. Yeah, we got a. It's a casual way. It's M I J I T A underscore skates. Mijita. Gotta keep those Mexican roots going. On the Insta. On the Instagram and. Your dad is uh, Flower Bender. Flower Bender. Flower Bender on Instagram. But you so. mostly see fishing nowadays. Uh, you were I out. You're out fishing you today. Have some, you have some really good yeah. fishing posts. Hey, man, I know a lot of skaters that are fishermen, so that's a good thing. And hey, it's from your Gulf Coast roots because once yes, again, that is true. Also, it all comes from water. It all comes. From it all water. comes from water. So as we start to wind down today, we don't have an in memoriam prepared. Uh, so we're not going to go into that, but that's okay. Uh, but I do want to kind of mention on the upcoming episodes, which we think will be episode five. It could be six, depending on if we have another interview. We're going to catch back up into the late 70s as we kind of try to finish off the 70s and into the 80s. As we were kind of talking about at the end of that, we're going to go more deep into that big contest that we referred earlier in this episode in San Antonio at the USA Park when all of the uh, 200 skaters from all over Texas competed while the pros were flown in. And then the article states about a bunch of 
unprofessional professionals messing shit up, and we think we know who they are. We kind of already mentioned that, Carrie, the, from California. Also, uh, in that, we uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that ABC uh, wide world of sports that I was mentioning. We'll dig a little more of that because I think in that last final where Tony Alva takes on Henry Hester, oh, yeah. and Henry Hester they push falls. Hold on they a second. Hold Mongo. on a second. Henry Hester falls, and Alva wins. That's exactly what I was getting to, and that is, I think, that contest is where the war between regular start, regular push, and Mongo push started. It was the young generation of Tony Alva pushing with his left foot at the front of the board and his back foot pushing. You and, mean the correct way. And Henry Hester starting with his back foot on the board and a Mongo. front foot trajectory. Mongo. I'll ask him about that at Worlds. I oh, do yeah. believe that's where that started. And by the way, while you're just thinking about it, those Mongo skaters would be Jeff Phillips, Danforth, Kevin Staub, also mentioned, I don't know if it's true, Chris Cole, Jason Dill, Costin, Gon, Stevie William, and Tom Penny, all Googled as as Mongo pushers. Well, I'm going to have to do a special shout-out mention to <laughs> Mr. William Randolph Lamaster III. Hubba? Hubba pushes Mongo. Hubba's a Mongo pusher, too. So Which means I can't talk shit on Mongo because I'm afraid of Hubba. Uh, so that's kind of some of the stuff that's going to be coming up into this next episode and uh, beyond. And so once again, we hope that you guys enjoyed us. We appreciate you being here and uh, listening to the Won't Shut Up and Skate podcast. We're going to be back and uh, before we go, Carrie. Hey, Chip. Hey, Carrie. Being here at Maggie's Ramp, I'm going to adapt this, uh, our, my dad joke, to be pertinent to the ramp today. How many vert skaters does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know, Carjack. How many vert skaters does it take to change a light bulb? Just one, but he's got to stretch and pad up first. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Shout out to all my corporate homies out there. Rob. Hi. <laughs> George Gutierrez. Shout out to Swallow. Can't forget Big Ride. The future's up to you. The future's up to you.